Last name first, first name last. Anderson. Les Anderson. Buckle up, son. It's the real world out here. Now, Anderson, I want you to take a long, hard look at this cup of coffee. Now, I love my coffee. It's probably the one thing I truly do cherish on this godforsaken mud ball called Earth. Now, what I'm trying to say is that most examiners use a clipboard. <laughs> I don't believe in them. What I do believe in is my cup of coffee. Now, that coffee is hot, filled right to the brim. If it's spilled on me, it probably burn me, huh? Speak up, son. Yeah, yeah. Nobody likes to get burned, do they? No. So it's real simple. You burn me, you fail. You don't, you pass. It's as simple as that. Welcome to the Cinema 9 Podcast. I am one of your many hosts. Uh, my name is Travis Roy. I'm sitting here with Eric Branstrom, who's not here with us quite yet, is Mike Govier, who very fittingly, for a uh, the episode on License to Drive, is held up with traffic. Um, How about that? Yeah. How you doing, Eric? I'm great. And yourself? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's been a bit of a week, but I'm, I'm doing okay. Yeah. The weeks are flying by, and... You know, having a hard time catching up with my movie. So once we start getting into our picks, I've got I've got some silly ass shit to talk about. So <laughs> been watching some dumb goes. I've been watching some dumb entertainment. Let's put it that way. I mean, it's tough out there to be a gangster in the movie well, world. It's one of the functions of uh, you know, it's not. It doesn't always have to be cinema, right? It can be. <laughs> it can be fucking just entertainment. That's okay a lot of the times. Yeah. I. Uh, yeah. I. Uh, I want to share something, a little TMI. I I had the uh, you know the the thing that that grown men once they hit forty or so the procedure they have to have done. Okay. And when I came out of it, I this sounds like total <laughs> bullshit. But when I came out of the anesthesia, you realize that Wolf is actually not that good. <laughs> no, is that are you reversing again on this fucking no, bullshit? No, I'm not. I'm not. Sweet Christ. <laughs> God bless Will Randall, huh? Um, <laughs> Sorry. Um, actually, Mike just texted me, but that's distracting. I'm not going to talk. All right. All right. So uh, what happened? This, this sounds like 100% bullshit, but uh, I came out of the anesthesia asking for Keanu Reeves. 
I came out. This happened. Fan. This happened. You asked, you asked the medical professionals for Keanu Reeves? Yes. Oh, here's Michael. In a car, Taco fittingly. Taco hey, buddy. Bell. Can you hear us? What's cooking? What is cooking? What is cooking? Can you hear us? Oh, yeah. All right. Well, all right. You're here. Your connection seems good. Your your voice is not superior Mike Govier that we all know and love, but you're here and you're just in time for an unbelievable true story where Travis Roy apparently came out of surgery asking for Keanu Reeves. And it's not just that I came out asking for Keanu Reeves. Like um, I, when I come out of anesthesia, like I apparently I come out and this is like every time I come out, like I'm functioning, I'm talking to people and I'm like normal. And then all of a sudden I'm like, then I'm with it. I, then I actually wake up and I have no recollection of what came before that. So let me ask you a question. Did you recently watch something's got to give where Keanu Reeves played that doctor and you thought that he may have performed the surgery? I had in my head, I was having a dream that like Keanu Reeves that I don't know that I was hanging out with Keanu Reeves. That he was like that. I was just like it was. A, it was just a dream. And in my from my perspective, I just woke up and like where's where's Keanu? Like you know, like befuddlement because I <laughs> like it was like immediate. But from the lady's perspective, who was like with me, you know, I'm like talking, I'm like cracking jokes, and like like talk. I talked to my doctor. Like he filled me in on what I had done and like how it went and everything. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, hey, where's where's Keanu Reeves? Um, which wow. my dream man, I guess. I, I, wow. What can I say? <laughs> I'm trying Netflix. to think if we ever did any Keanu Reeves stars on the our Does It Hold Up segments. And I don't think we've actually did a deep dive on any Keanu Reeves film. He seems to be one that we haven't quite gotten to. It's good That's to know. That's true. I mean, it's it's good that we have unexplored territory. Because oh, I can imagine the doctor being like, I am not Keanu Reeves, but I take umbrage with episode 45 when you said Devil's Advocate was not good because it's still scary. <laughs> Mike, how's the traffic? Papa's there? good. How's the traffic over there? Yeah, it's Papa. How's the traffic over there on M14? Uh, actually, uh, I broke through right after one of the last texts, so I'm almost home, so it's going to be great. I'm going to be here. Very soon, your honey-rich dulcet tones will join us in their in their proper in their proper. I sound. had a miracle. As much right. as I miss the beautiful state, and it is goddamn beautiful, Michigan, that's one thing that uh, I really uh, do not miss is that horrific tra traffic and construction for no goddamn reason. Oh, man. For me to get to work or for me to get home from work right now, either way, is completely fucked with traffic. And, like, 696 is closed off, and it's just a nightmare right now. Everywhere I go, it's taking me twice as long to get there. It's really That aggravating. is preposterous. Travis, we lived in Philadelphia. That was the worst. It's not even close, man. I mean, this—that's hell on earth. Oh, no, that no, no. That's hell. Every time <laughs> be... it was a fucking traffic jam. Every time. You forget though, like for for me, have, uh, that was a heavenly utopia. That was five years without me being behind the wheel of a car, but maybe once a year, if that, and and not in Philadelphia. So uh, it was great. That's do, true. Do you guys want to do that's a true. quick extemporaneous top three uh, movies that take place in cars or mainly are about? <laughs> Vehicles or traffic? <laughs> Christine comes immediately to mind. Uh, lock, lock, okay. absolutely okay. comes to mind, man. All right, all right, we've made our picks. The Road Warrior. <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, Fury Road. Changing I mean, lanes. Remember changing lanes. Drive. Oh. It's the ten-year anniversary of Drive today. In fact, it was released oh, ten wow. years ago. Today. Yeah, as of really? recording. Yeah. Classic so, film now. Well, what so, about uh, it's funny? Uh, Traffic is not a, about traffic. 
Well, well, uh, uh, that's not us. That's not the show. That is Michael Govier. He's breaking up a little bit. He's he's making a reference to the 2000 Steve Soderbergh film Traffic. He has keen insights and clever witticisms, but you can't hear them, and neither can we. So yeah, he's going to be pissed because if, if anyone is going to talk about the movie Traffic, it's going to be Mike Govier. So sadly, we lament his uh, his bad connection. Yeah, things are fucked up. Him talking about traffic while he's in traffic. Maybe he shouldn't be well, on the phone true. so much while he's driving anyway. <laughs> to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> just occurred to me. <laughs> I don't think he's looked at the road once, but I mean, we're going to hope he's okay. Uh, I think he's uh, he's going to join us momentarily. I, I, I think <laughs> he's 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 going to regroup. Um, so uh, I guess we, let's go ahead and get into our quarantine viewing picks. What do yeah, you think? Yeah, let's jump in and we'll stretch him out. We'll pad that shit. Yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll join us in due time. Um, what you been watching, buddy? I've been watching some films. I, wow. I finally, uh, I finally wrapped up uh, all of the Sopranos, which is like, I don't know. It's like the 10th time I've watched that series. So I'm not going to go too deeply into it other than to say that the classic ambiguous ending that I was so dead set sure that how I felt about it for whatever, 15 years or whatever, 18 years. uh, I have, I have 180 on that one. I have, I have turned around and I, in which direction, uh, you know, okay. Spoilers for a very old thing. Skip this if you've never seen the Sopranos. Yeah, skip but this. I always spoiler. assumed that it ended with his death, and now I'm like, no, I don't. I don't <gasps> think it was. It, I think was, that's clearly what's just about to happen. And that's what I said for literally years, and uh, I just don't feel that way anymore. I mean, at, at, at the, I mean, at the point in the show where it happens, like everything, like there's really no one there who needs to do it from New York. Like it doesn't. It's kind of like everything's wrapped up. And there really isn't there really isn't much like ominous happening in the screen in the scene other than there's a guy with a members only jacket who goes to the bathroom. So with, if Tony does, I'm sorry, but no, if, if Tony doesn't die there and his story doesn't end there, having this beautiful moment with with his daughter, why this ending? Like, what is the what is the point of this? That's a good question. That's a good question. I mean, uh, I don't know. We enter his life somewhat suddenly. Oh no, actually. I take that back. I, I do have an answer to that. Okay. I mean, maybe not for that moment specifically, although it is a moment where they're rejoined and like, like all together as a family enjoying the good moments, which they talk about at the end of the first season. Mm. Um, but the show begins and ends really with Melfi. It's all, it's really about him seeking to better himself through therapy. And, mm. and so like once that relationship is truly done, the show is over. Mm. So, wow. Okay. I, I like that sentiment. So, all right, we're we're done with the Sopranos talk, I guess. I doubt it. <laughs> Fucking uh, doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> I watched a film that uh, has been building up in like people's esteem lately. I've been hearing more and more about this Cassavetes okay. film, The Killing uh, of a Chinese Bookie. You ever oh, seen this? Wow, the Ben Gazzara film. Yeah, the Ben Gazzara film. I haven't jumped in, man. I'm really curious. I gotta say, I mean, Ben Gazzara is fucking great in it i mean he's really really good in it um and i can see why people from the that era like really latched on to cassavetes as, as a filmmaker like i never even like thought of the phrase cinema verite like in a serious way yeah. before but it very much popped in my head as i was watching the film and it and like i'm like and that made sense that that's what he's known for apparently um but the film honestly was a bit of a drag really uh, yeah i mean I, it was kind of like uh, you know so- i it, Mm, go ahead. It, it, it's it's 1973. Six. Okay. Yeah. 
at that time, no one was doing this improvisational, this, this style, the Cassavetes. So do you think it, you've just already, it's been there, done that by now, and it's not as it, fresh? That's it, exactly. Had, had I grown up with this film, I would find this, you know, I, I would, I would, I mean, I, I, I definitely value it. Like, you know, I mean, it's, it's clearly like an important film in the chain of filmmaking, and Cassavetes yeah. as a filmmaker is too. And so I'm not like completely like shutting it down by any means, yeah. but it, it, it is, a, I mean, it's, it's a little bit of a slog. Um, You've seen, um, it's so weird. I'll, I'm going to talk about another Ben Gazzara film from back in the day when I, when I, when I speak, but ben Gazzara. Uh, I mean, one of my, I, I think his best performance is Anatomy of a Murder, man. 1959, mm. Otto Preminger is fucking so awesome in that film. Yeah, he's really good. Uh, that's not the one I, I watched, A Rage to Live, him and Suzanne Plachette, who played the mom in Coach, but in oh, 1965, okay. like she was, not only was she dropped dead gorgeous, but this is a was a really interesting uh, thriller starring her and Ben Gazzara. If you get a chance, it's on Tubi. If you're in a, a Gazzara mode, check it out. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> I may have gotten my dose of Gazzara for the time being, but I I do really think that he's a fantastic actor. And can a man ever have too much Gazzara? Though I mean, no, no, you, you, you really can't. Um, you really, you really can't. How much Gazzara is too much? Um, draw the line. <laughs> there, I mean, there's moments in uh, Chinese Bookie where I'm like, oh, finally a fucking break for for him and for me. Like a shot that doesn't have Ben Gazar in it. It's pretty fucking rare through Ooh. the movie. It's just it's just his presence constantly. There's a lot of Ben Gazar in that movie. Which again, I, I'm not complaining about. I'm just saying it's a lot. One of these days, I'm going to do the deep dive on Cassif. I haven't seen a woman under the influence, and and people talk about that nonstop. I, it was it was the first Cassavetes for me. Um, you know, I, I can make no pretenses that I'm from that generation of cinephile aficionados. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm a little late in getting to some classics. Um, like, for instance, Rebel Without a Cause from, from 1955. That's what it was. The picture I, on Instagram. That was my second guess. I never, jacket. Fuck. Yeah, I'd never seen Rebel Without a, Without okay. a Cause, which I enjoyed. You yeah. know, I, 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 I figured that I would. Um, but you know what can I say about Rebel Without a Cause? Salminio, you can say that man, it's fucking fantastic performance. So, yeah, what a tragic end to that poor dude uh, too. Like uh, really talented guy. Um, so Rebel Without a Cause worth seeing. You know sometimes sometimes classics aren't worth seeing. Frankly, so, have you done the deep dive on James Dean with Giant and uh, East of Eden? No, no, this was my that was my first James Dean film, so I figured I'd throw jump in with that one first, which which made sense. Oh. That, that's another one of those things, like, because before James Dean, there was, like, who? Clark Gable and Gary well, Cooper? No one Brando. was acting like that. Brando. I mean, that, it was, it, this was preceding Brando. Well, Brando was on stage before that for years. Uh, yeah, I think there, I, there's this old story about them both mimic, mimicking each other on stage. One would do Dean on stage and then Dean would do Brando on stage. So they're yeah. kind of rivals, but yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm not trying to, you know, I, I think that what, I think that what, what he does in that, um, what James Dean does in, in, um, Rebel is very, very modern feeling. And you can, and you can feel that happening in, in a way that you don't get from other films from the, from the era. Here's our boy. <laughs> Here's our guy. <laughs> Hey, buddy. <laughs> nice background. How'd you like uh, Natalie Wood? I've always liked her, and I love that documentary they made last year. I, I didn't catch that, but it was it was uh, she was she was fun. We're talking. Movies, I saw that. Right? We're you talking saw, Natalie you Wood. Saw that documentary. I did see that documentary. Yes. Right. Was it good? Well, you know, it's a disappointing life, and yeah. All right. I mean, things didn't go her way. Apparently, uh, she had a rough I w- beginning too. 
It's too bad. I watched another American classic I'd never seen before. I was literally flipping through the channels being like, I've seen every fucking movie. I'm going to watch the next (laughs) thing that comes across that I haven't seen before. And what came up was Conan the Barbarian. I've never seen Conan the Barbarian. Dude, what did you think? I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was great. It's so unusual. And again, what can I say that, you know, it's fucking, you know, like 40 years late, but I will say that I I really kind of underestimated this movie. I think I thought it was going to be pretty yeah. low budget and silly. Yeah. It was a, it was a big budget <laughs> film. It was yes. like a major, major fucking movie. Yeah. Um, with, you know, some pretty grotesque horse cruelty that, you know, like there's definitely some scenes that are kind of hard to watch. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it. I'm going to watch Conan the Destroyer. Absolutely. Fuck yeah. Well, Tracy Walter, the, the legendary Tracy Walter plays his buddy in that. And it's like, it's, it goes in a different direction. But did you watch, I hate to hide, I'm, I feel like I'm hijacking your time here, but did you watch the John Milius documentary? No, no, I didn't. Dude, I, I, that's fucking awesome. It's on my list, but I'm, I'm like, he, you know, I have mixed feelings. How do you feel about him, Mike? You're shaking your head. I think you feel similar to me. Ah, uh, yeah, I do. I do very much. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Millius. I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm aware of his status, but also kind of like fuck that guy a little bit. Like, <gasps> yeah, I'm, not, I'm not that into fine. I mean, he just seems like kind. Of, I mean, like he seems like a big personality. Don't get me wrong, but it just seems like. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of dick swinging. It seems like coming from his direction. Uh, Esther Housey oh, uh, parallels. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, I don't know. I watched one of your recommendations, Eric. I watched the Clove Hitch Killer. Oh, uh, what did you think? Well, for one, you know, really nice to see Dylan McDermott in a role like this, where yeah. he can spread his wings a yeah. bit. And this kid, Charlie Plummer, who holds the movie down, is yeah, a fine young actor. Um, as is the young girl who's who's performs with him whose name i didn't mm-hmm. get um definitely uh you know kind of predictable but still takes you to some places that you wouldn't expect um at the same time like it, it's it's pretty pretty awesome uh pretty awesome movie i like i like the clovis killer killer quite a bit wow. i recommend I, I watched the uh the new james wan horror flick malignant which is getting uh-huh. very mixed reviews did you watch it uh, i'm yeah i'm waiting till this weekend i I'm waiting. I'll, I'll wait to talk about it until you've until you've seen it. Let's 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 save that one for next week. Um, well, because me like you can go ahead because we're like we don't align that normally. Like if you liked it, I probably will not like it, and if I love it, you probably will be like, oh, "Who cares?" You might as well tell me what you think. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I liked it. I didn't love it. I, I found it. I found it derivative in some ways, but not in the worst way. But it, it, how do you it, feel it holds up against like Insidious and The Conjuring, his his masterclass? Um, I, I I would say is the weakest out of those three. But also, it's Ooh. also it's really there's there is some really innovative and new stuff happening in this movie. Um, and, and there's some there's some like very Dean Koontz, very Stephen Kingy kind of throat callbacks. <laughs> Goody Coons? Wait, there's some Goody Coons callbacks. <laughs> Goody Coons. There's some callbacks. Wait, Koontz or Stephen King? Because there's a big difference here. Well, I mean, I don't know necessarily. When it when it comes to like uh, some thematic and some little like tropes, specific tropes. Okay, Uh, Um, I gotcha. But it was it was worth seeing, and so I'm curious to see what you think of it. Uh, I would recommend doing laundry while watching the 2020 film (laughs) Blood Spirit. Maybe don't maybe just stop it before you get to the end of that film. Dirty laundry, Don Henley. Yeah, we were talking Don Henley in the chat last night. We've now got at least two and a half Don Don Henley, man. out of three in this podcast. Which That's is true, awesome. man. <laughs> uh, last most but not least, uh, successful. Yeah. 
Uh, last but not least, I revisited Glory from 1989. I watched Whoa. that with my students. Wow. Um, oh, oh like your students. Yeah, yeah. You know, teacher behind the laptop because it's, I'm like projecting it or whatever. I'm like, you know, kind of sinking down, trying not to get too emotional. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like getting all fucking verklempt while they're watching it. You know, oh. and, they're, and they're like, you know, I don't know if they're getting quite what I want them to. And chuckling at how cheesy it is? Uh, no, there was no chuckling. There was no chuckling, but I, I, I don't find it cheesy at all. I thought I think it's a fine film, and uh, I know it's not more- cheesy. It's just no. some. I, it does try to manipulate glory. your emotions a bit. Yeah, it's called glory. <laughs> yeah. There's some emotion. There's some Edward Zwick trying to do what he wants to do to you, yeah. and I'm curious. I'm curious. Go ahead, say what you think, because I've watched it. I mean, it's one of my favorite movies, at least growing up. I thought for sure we do a deep dive on it one day. I had an absolute meltdown when I moved back here in 2019. And I moved into that apartment. I lived in with Jamie. I've been, been here for like a week after I moved back from Maryland and Glory was on. I was like, oh, I got my uh, DeBella's sub here. I'm going to sit hey, down and watch Glory. Godfather? And every fucking time it gets to that part where Matthew Broderick is looking out into that ocean and the music is swelling and he has this choice. Oh, he knows he's going to die. It just fucking gets me, man. It's not, it's not even about like. It's just a choice he makes, and I, I'm sure it's not exactly how it went, but you know the way yeah. the movie's made, it really got me. It gets me every time. I just started bawling. You know, I got to say that my big takeaway from this viewing is that this is by far the biggest highlight of his of his career. Matthew Broderick does. Yes, I, I never really thought like he. You know, we've talked about him, on, especially on the election uh, when we when we did that episode. <laughs> oh, uh, we, we, remember we do like him, and that is a great episode or a great um, a performance from him. But him and Glory, he's. I think he's something else in that. I really think that like I, I really buy his performance. He's really noble. He's really vulnerable, but strong. Like it's just really fucking good. That's such an interesting. I'm so glad you brought that up because. We never really, after that, we never really got much dramatically from Matthew Broderick. It was all fluff from After Glory till this very day. Cable guy. (laughs) He's had a puzzling career. He's he's made a lot of choices that have baffled me especially that one where he killed that guy in uh ireland but uh that's not he shows up as a choice he made exactly (laughs) he showed up in that movie a few years ago where he plays like the the stepdad of the fam. is it uh yeah 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 yeah. you know what i'm talking about yeah Uh, there's like some kids reconnecting with his mom and he's the new stepdad like he's not actually i'll look it up talk about kevin Was, was that it I don't remember, but he he has gotten more into doing like comedy and kind of pop in roles as, a, yeah. as opposed to like leading leading man parts. Very boyish gentleman. Yeah, but you know, uh, and Andre Brower also, God bless him, uh, mm, yep. to, 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 to sound like Eric. Yes. Um, like he he, I love him so much in Brooklyn okay. Nine Nine, and I do love his comedic turn uh, as far as an actor goes. But th- he's so incredible in that. And yeah. you know, all the all the props to Morgan Freeman and, and Denzel Washington, who who get a lot of praise for that oh. movie, and rightly so. But wow. uh, watching it this time, I was I was like Andre Brower and uh, Matthew Broderick really fucking blew me away. Yes. There it is. There it yeah, is. Well, those are the films I watched. Those are the films I watched. I watched, and I watched some Ooh. kids in the hall. Those are the films uh, I watched. I watched, and I watched some kids in the hall. Uh, he popped in on uh, this movie too. I don't know if you remember this. Uh, he was in the Rules Don't Apply, the Warren Beatty movie about Howard Hughes. Oh, he played Andrew like Broward? that's that a, one. no, no Matthew Project. Oh, Matthew <laughs> plays oh, his shit. Re- yeah, he plays like it's a serious role for him. It's not a comedic role, but whatever. So. Rules don't mm-hmm. apply. Yeah, uh, God bless Andre Brown, man. The Mist. We, we oh, do the deep fucking. Dive, man. I, I, it's not one I would choose because it's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to to, to investigate it. Um, 
Yeah, man. So been a little bit of a weird week for me. Like I, I own this Alfred Hitchcock DVD collection. So I just watched all of them. And we're talking about the um, the birds, which I'll talk about in a second. Vertigo and Dial in for Murder. Oh, uh, by the way, Manchester by the Sea. That was him in that. That's what I was thinking of. Sorry. Remember, he uh, plays like the new it, dude. Man. Okay. That's sorry. it. I've been, I've been like, fuck. I was just thinking about that this morning at that oh. performance. I'm like, Christ, how do you, how do you play grief? How do you, how, how do you play that type of grief? So I'm sitting there thinking on my way to work for like 20 minutes. I'm thinking, how does fucking Casey Affleck do that? Because that's you've funny. seen that movie. It's like, how the fuck do you do that? I mean, oh that's my funny because what a performance. This morning, I was I was contemplating grief in film too. I just woke Were up you? thinking, yeah, I just woke up thinking <laughs> about Pig, uh, about the Nicolas Cage performance in Pig, and thinking that's that right. I, I still never saw that. The best, yeah. I think it's the best depiction of grief I've ever seen in film. Wow, it, yeah, it could be a toss up between grief and Manchester because I mean, you got to underplay it. You can't make it too obvious because I've seen very obvious grief and it's just cheesy. Well, it's Maybe a consistent not. performance from Casey Affleck in Manchester by the Sea. He never, oh there's never like that. You're waiting for it. I think a lot of people watch the movie. Okay, this guy's got a crack and then we got to feel bad for him and he's going to let yeah. it all out. But that's why he did such a good job in that movie. It just never got better. And that's yeah. what <laughs> fucking happens. That's that's a good, that's how you do it. I mean, there's a whole five stages of grief cycle. And I think at that particular time in that film, it was focusing on one, but that's a whole other story. I watched Girl Interrupted uh, from 1999. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been. You're talking about uh, a man whose favorite actresses of all time is Winona Ryder. I'm sitting there watching this movie, and I'm I don't know like, if it's his favorite. It's more like a weird crush, but whatever. So. No, no. I mean, I will watch any movie Winona Ryder's in. Period. She's just my all-time. <laughs> favorite. I'm not saying she's the best actress of all time, especially in this. But wow. I watched the film, <laughs> and the standout here is Brittany Murphy for me. I, I have no fucking clue how Angelina Jolie got an Oscar for this movie. She did. Uh, it's cringeworthy. She did? Like, I was just going to say I, that, too. Yeah, you got a Best Supporting Actress Oscar, and I'm watching her oh, performance, God. and I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Because it's cringeworthy, her entire performance. Brittany Murphy is fantastic. And the film by James Mangold, which I had forgotten. I mean, wow, what a career this guy's had for over 20 years now. Mm-hmm. I mean, the movie is just, it's its just so, like, the structure of it is just so unusual that you cannot really sink your teeth into it. It kind of feels like a, a show, like a, like one season, like the first season of a show about a girl who's been committed to a mental hospital that it just doesn't really work as a film for me. But, you know, uh, check it out if you're interested. But, you know, going back to uh, Hitchcock, so I'm watching The Birds, and, Norm Hiscock? Hey, speaking of kids in the hall. <laughs> you know, I've, I've, I told you, I've never seen this show. Is this, it's like, is Dude, this funny? It's the dumbest kid, thing I've ever heard. Kids in the hall to me is uh, one of the biggest influences in my life. I cannot, I mean, as far as like cultural influences, like come your like, life in my life. Yeah. I would hands agree down, with that. Hands down. Like Tracy Chapman. More influential Calvin than Ross, SNL. Uh, you know, just, I mean, just a huge influence on me in terms of like, um, just, I don't know. Just is a, a cultural influence. And I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, like, this is these are Canadian comedians, and I'm like, like, like what are they like? What are they offering up? How like how different? How fresh is this comedy? Like, what am well, I missing? From the '90s. I don't. I mean, you missed it. 
You've already missed it. <laughs> I can't yeah, go back and be like, oh, guys, I saw it. Uh, no, I, mean, I can't have the influence that it had on like on our time because we were there. We watched it in real time. So you I can't replicate that. I started watching when I was 12 or 13 years old. Yeah, I remember when it was on HBO before it was on Comedy Central and all that stuff more regularly. And I, it, I first one I ever saw, the first scene I ever saw was the drunk dad coming in night. You know, they put the camera on him. Yeah. Uh, Dave oh, Foley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, kid. Uh, the first oh, episode, I, was, I saw it on CBC because we would get because oh, we're close we're close to Canada we we would get the Canadian in you know channel. The only thing so I the, watched on Channel Nine, which is CNBC, was Mister Dress Up. That's the only thing out of Canada worth a damn. Fucking missed out, dude. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's no answers here. Just like uh, the grief, you know. Sometimes there's no answers. That's true. We have to live back. You just have to live with it. You have to put the Baba Duke. <laughs> Of kids in the hall in the closet and just live with it. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Canadian comedians, did you guys talk about Norm Macdonald already? No, we haven't gotten there yet, man. I, I the pain is too rich and deep. I can't go there. But I will say, man, I, come I, on, I, make it about I, myself. Get the fuck out of here, no, dude. No, it's good. Th oh. That conversation is going to be about me because he's my all-time favorite stand-up comedian. But I do want to. I I'd be remiss if that. I didn't say. Uh, I'm sitting there watching the birds, and it and it dawns on me. This is the definitive exercise in film scoring. All right. You talk about, especially in horror films, how important a score is. I don't know if you remember or know anything about the score to the film The Birds by Alfred Hitchcock. There's no score. Okay. There's no score. All of the music is, is just the <laughs> is just the, the birds and the makes terror sense. of what they're doing. And it makes everything so much scarier because you don't know what to expect. Fucking awesome, man. Uh, dude, speaking of music, I sat down and I'll be goddamned if I didn't watch The Sound of Music on Disney Plus. Oh, I've seen this. Have you seen it? <laughs> I know, I've actually never watched the whole thing. I've seen some uh, scenes okay. on YouTube, you know. Uh, okay. I was uh, overexposed to it. Goodbye. Goodbye. This is what I'm talking about, man. Yeah, the family guy, all the kids crunching up the stairs. Fuck all that, Funny. man. I'm not talking about sit that. I'm talking about the movie itself. Sit there yeah, and watch the movie because I love the film. I've seen it so many times. And the last time I watched it, I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, God damn it. We didn't talk about the passing of the legendary Christopher Plummer enough, in my opinion. Passed oh. away last year. And it, I cry. And I did a couple nights ago. Every single time Christopher Plummer walks into his house and he... I'm starting to tear up right now. And he Brian starts Friedman? to hear his, and he hears his children singing and he's just remembered. You see it on his face of how much music means to him and being a family and, uh, and celebrating music is on his face. Such a beautiful performance, such a fucking fantastic movie. I love it, man. I, I guarantee, I, I guarantee you, man, if you watch it, you'll be touched. Mike, check you it feel out. The same way about his performance at Dragnet. Mm, powerful. He's no. good, Dragnet, but no, uh, it's not no. powerful. I liked him better in Wolf. I don't know what to tell you. Dude, Actually, to me, it's like he's hardly in it, but whatever. You you, you made the point last time about how he's stoic. Dude, I was I was very over, I was overexposed to the movie as a kid. I was showing it over and fucking over and over. I never want to see it again. I don't know what to tell you. You know who didn't like that movie? Christopher Plummer. Hey, he didn't like he didn't like Wolf. No, he did. He didn't like Sound of Music. Oh, you watch, you watch his tender rendition of Edelweiss that he sings in front of this, his Austrian audience on the cusp of World War II when he's probably going to be taken into custody 
It's so powerful, it will guarantee you bring a tear to your eye. Are there any black people in that movie? I mean, anyway, I also watched. <laughs> I took Travis up on uh, Sweden in the 1930s. Probably not. Cancel it. Anyway, I took Travis up on Missing 411, The Hunted. The first one? Or the second yeah. you watched? You went with The Hunted? I told you not to go with The Hunted. I said to go oh, with The first one. I'm, I'm, so go glad, with... I'm so glad I did go with The Hunted because I loved it. Oh, okay. Good. Dude, I'm there watching this movie that is about how all of these hunters are going missing all over the country for no Creepy. apparent reason. Uh, okay. Remember when I texted you about me fucking getting terrified beyond belief, having to like walk yes. outside, go for a walk? Yes. It's the Sasquatch sounds. I couldn't, oh, yeah. I couldn't believe my ears. I was fucking scared. I was riddled with goosebumps. The baby's crying. Dogs are like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I, I had to leave my house. I was so scared. Yeah, that's when the movie lost me. Like it lost me with the with that with that stuff. But um, all of the coincidences of all the people that are lost, like and just like how they become lost, like literally, like people turn their back and they're just <laughs> vanished. Like there's multiple stories of like that happening throughout uh, <laughs> American wilderness. It's really fucking weird. <laughs> but they the entire time I'm watching the movie. I'm sitting because they start talking about the point of separation when someone will go on their own and all of a sudden, oh, uh, three hours later, we can't find them. I'm waiting for like this like half hour chunk of like a most dangerous game situation where we've got a serial killer hunting hunters. Yeah. And it never comes up. That's clearly the explanation for all of these missing people. Seems more likely than fucking Sasquatch to me. <laughs> <laughs> No. That's yep. why I like the first one better. But I mean, yeah. like you know, the, the, these are very real disappearances, real lives. Like it is, it is yeah. creepy. Um, when he, when he, yeah, when, I, I don't really Eerie go for him trying man. to answer these questions and the way that he goes about doing it. But the the was, the, the, the missing people, people themselves is fascinating. I was scratching my head, but that's it for me, man. All right, cool. I got nothing. I, I didn't watch anything. So, <laughs> well, you're the busiest man on the fucking planet. Yeah. Yeah, I've been doing some like uh, other stuff recently, and I've just I had I feel bad. No movies, guys. I let you down. Shut you down, Jan. Man, we we talked for a while with without you. Yeah. I guess we, we, we Perfect. Time. and you and you have limited time. <laughs> hey! Yeah, I started writing for this website, and writing takes a lot of effort. You can't just like put it together right away um, yeah yeah it's one of the yeah. hardest things a person can do i think is fucking right it's just it's just up you can't like a podcast you can kind of jump on and get through it <laughs> be like mm -hmm. oh, okay whatever i did it uh, but the words are there and the, you can't hide anywhere really so it takes a little more effort and which means i gotta focus and put on some ethereal music and just kind of do my thing so well that's good uh, it's good it's fun to write i mean it's hard to write but it's fun to write and i agree good, good for you i like Hey, thanks. All right. Look at me. Look at, look at you. Good for you. Me and the two Corys right here. We're doing yeah. License to Drive, man. You, you ready to our... do this? I am. You know, I've never been more ready in my life. This is a movie that, uh, you know, was a big part of my existence growing up. So I'm excited to talk about it. Do we check the email at all? Did you guys check those? Uh, I have not checked yeah. the email in like a year. <laughs> we got well, no emails. Look... No emails? Oh, you're right. We don't. Uh, what about this one? Oh, no, we covered this one. This guy rules. Well, I will say this is two weeks in a row that neither one of us watched uh, The Beast of War. Yes. Yeah, War we're in trouble on that one. Yeah, the Beast. We've got to get that one done. Thank you. We'll, we'll watch that. Not one of us has. Us we're assholes. We admit it. Yes. Sorry. Sorry. We blew it. I got to find it. Uh, you said it was online somewhere, didn't you, Eric? 
I think I said that, but then I couldn't find it again after I it's said it. It's available that. on Amazon Prime if you're oh. if you're on there. Okay. Rodimus Prime. All right, cool. Uh, all right, it's time to get to Does It Hold Up on the Cinema Night Ooh. Podcast. The two Corys, oh License to Drive, a 1990, 1988 film. This movie is 31 years old, give or take, and it's about a kid trying to get his license. Well, Mr. Anderson, we were able to retrieve your test results from the computer, and I suppose you already know you failed. God give us, and the DMV take us away. You mustn't fuck with the Department of Motor Vehicles, Mr. Anderson. We can make your life a living hell. <laughs> Les Anderson. What in the hell is that? Son of a bitch. You know, there's a grandpa who's pissed. There's a lot of different cars. The main car is a Cadillac, by the way. It's a very nice caddy. Mm. And uh, uh, there's a lot of things that happen in this movie that are bizarre. We'll get into that, of course. But did any of you guys remember the first time you watched this? Eric Branstrom, can you recall ever seeing this movie? Back in the uh, early 90s, my brother, older brother Marty would bring this home from the Meyer video store like every <laughs> night. And we'd watch it. But I'll be goddamned if I don't remember anything about the film. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Travis? Uh, so I was a big time dream a little dream fan i think i mentioned that last week oh. if i've seen that movie once i've seen it a hundred times i've seen Corey hames prayer for the roller boys probably more times than any human on earth if i was told that i would believe it um and i was i grew up with a copy of this like, in the 80s i've mentioned this before we had VH, like tape vhs vhs copies of, of films in our closet and i grew up with a copy of license to drive in my house I didn't watch it till last night. I've never seen that movie in my fucking life. I had oh, zero. Okay. I mean, if I ever saw it, I, I could. It's one of those things where, like, I straight up haven't watched it because I thought that I had seen it. I've got memories of something distantly. It must be some other movie. I don't know. Or maybe I got it conflated with Dream a Little Dream in my head or something. But I was convinced that I'd seen the movie. I, I checked it off on Letterbox as, as seen. Like, I, I, no, none of that was true. So I watched it for the first yeah. time last night. Wow, yeah. Dreamy Little Dreams a fun movie too. Pat Walswald's right. new beautiful wife, Mary to the Salander. Yeah. Boy. Yeah. She's but, so uh, gorgeous. What? I had a big crush on her in that movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. We all did. So I must have gotten oh, confused cuz yeah, I'd never seen it either. So, well, how about that? These two guys. <laughs> we got no 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 nostalgic attachment, Mike. So neither one of us might be in for a bit of a uh awesome. argument. That's why we do this. That's fun. I can't wait to find out what happens. I definitely watched this at the babysitter's house. So her, oh. Bonnie and Scott were like, we would get sent over to Bonnie and Scott's. And they had this kid, John, who was like this psycho, who was like totally ADHD, but it wasn't identified in like 1989. You know, he totally, this guy totally had it. He was looking back now. It's like that kid was so ADD. It's not even, it's not even uh, deniable in any way. And he had older sister Patsy, and she would listen to Iron Maiden. Yeah, it was such a different time. Hey, Hi, Patsy! Hi, Scott. And, uh, Scott's dead, I think. I think he oh, died. Uh, he's also, Scott's the one who created the Bobin character, by the way, uh, that my younger brother Josh was known as and tortured oh, with for decades, unfortunately. Uh, but there was a whole story about a guy named Joshua, Joshua Dorr, who worked for Art Van, the real Art Van. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, you know this whole story. The real art band, the man? <laughs> he would tell us his story. Joshua Dorr was art like van. a thug muscle for art van. No, and like, wait. 
A golden art van need muscle. Someone's trying to steal a, steal a couch. So this this already gets to the problem with me and Eric having not seen this movie because you clearly have some relationship like some things tied to this film that have oh, fuck dude, all I, to do with the movie. I want to see an Art Van biopic. <laughs> Sounds better than License to Drive. Oh wow, yeah. Well, that's probably true. But I also saw Christine there. I saw a lot of movies for the first time there because they had HBO and there was no like supervision. You just got to do whatever you want there. They're technically babysitters, but it's like who cares? Yeah. And. So I saw this movie for there at the first, first time, like I believe in 1989-ish or whatever it came out on HBO, maybe early 1990 at the latest. And uh, and I always enjoyed it. And then I got older and I was like, oh yeah, this movie, it's so dumb. And it's like a kind of movie you could just throw on and who cares? It's just a who cares yeah. throw on. So it was pretty easy to, but I hadn't seen it uh, about 10 years, I think. So uh, it was interesting to go back and look at it through some different lenses now, some questionable things in this movie that... Um, we could discuss with uh, Mercedes, uh, unfortunately, and uh, her name is Mercedes. Mercedes Lane. Mercedes mm -hmm. Lane. Mercedes um, Lane. Yeah. Are you talking about when naked pictures are taken of her while she's unconscious? Or are you talking about keeping her in the trunk of the car for no fucking reason? Uh, probably both. Uh, answers that uh, yeah that answers that uh is this better than license to kill though i think it's better than license to kill i like license to kill timothy Dalton's my favorite james bond i hesitate to say i've seen the movie I, I i hesitate to say i've ever seen any movie now my whole, <laughs> never... my whole view has been fucked everything i thought i knew is all fucked yes uh i didn't look up the score though so i'm gonna guess the score for this movie on imdb um uh, i didn't look it up either me neither uh I assume it's shit on, but it's not like well, so shit on. We got a big cult following here. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll say a six two or six one, something like that. That sounds reasonable. I'm gonna say Yeah, I'll say six three. I'm gonna toss it a six five. We're looking at six three. Six three. Well done. Ding, right. ding, ding, ding. Congratulations, sir. Now it's gonna be fun to, <laughs> to read the uh <laughs> oh boy. the reviews on this one because Whew. popcorn tipped over? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if people were expecting. I'm curious what reviewers were expecting when they went in to see this movie in 1988, like in the theater, <laughs> sitting down with their pad and their little flashlight so they could take notes. You know, do they look at comedy? I mean, 24% from the critics. So it's yeah. totally shit on on the Rotten Tomato thermometer. But 61%, that's a huge gap. I noticed the that. Audience. Yeah, big gap. Yeah, I, maybe great. one of the biggest gaps we've seen in 76 episodes. Yeah, we we did one a few episodes ago that had, was also forty percent. I can't remember which one it is though, because we just fly through these things. But sure, uh, this would this would tie that one for sure. Uh, as far as reviews, uh, there's plenty of them, and the critics, you know, a lot of green splats. Stephen Hunter of the Baltimore Sun says it's not lightweight; it's no weight. <laughs> uh, okay. You know, uh, Karen James of the New York Times, the New York Times says, anyone old enough to have a license is probably much too old to be amused by license to drive. <laughs> wow. Clever. Very clever. Yeah, I don't know that this movie's made for people in their 40s. <laughs> in 2021. No. Yeah, exactly. The venerable Roger Ebert said, okay, uh, yeah, up, up, until, up until about the halfway mark of this movie, I was having a very good time. Okay, then yeah. somehow... It ran out of energy. Yep, I'm gonna I, I I'm gonna piggyback that all the way. First half of this movie is fucking hilarious. Then it just gets fucking so stupid. That's it. There's there's only two pages of critical yeah. reviews, so it's very yeah. very minimal. So you all could right. pick up on that thought even further if you'd like, Eric. 
run with it. Yeah. Drive with Conti- it even. Continue, Eric. What happens? <laughs> what what happens here? Does it, it just goes south because the hijinks is out of control? Or? Yeah, I, I paused it at the moment with this problematic situation where they set out on this adventure with Heather Graham and she's just she's she's out. She's not even along for the ride. And it, and as soon as Corey Feldman started taking those pictures, I paused it. And I'm like, fuck, I like this from until here. And then I kept it going. I was like, now I just can't I cannot get on board with this. I think that first half hour, especially that first five minutes, because I'm like, I'm getting this savage Steve Holland vibe. Yeah. This, with, same. This dream, with this dreamscape. And I'm exactly. like, oh, we're gonna do like a fa- like an actual fantasy. Or like Freddie Tooth kind of thing too. Like there's kind of like what's happening here. But, yeah, I thought they were gonna do that throughout the movie. I'm like, fuck, mm. this is fresh and fun for a movie from 1988. They abandon all of those like dr- the fantastical hijinks for this tired trash that's just very limp and not that funny. <laughs> wow. you, Greg Beeman directed this, guys. You know yeah. Greg Beeman's work. A lot of TV. A lot of TV. The name sounds. Yeah, there's. Here. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's TV Fest. It's I've got trying to get by. Got yeah, a lot of jag. I've got some alternate titles for you. Uh, more oh, accurate great. titles for this film. Uh, just, just two, not a huge list. One is no license to drive because he doesn't actually have a license to drive. Uh, and also Terrible Son, the movie. T- terrible Son? <laughs> this is pre-problem child. And they had terrible wait a son. minute. He Worst saves son. the day, though. All the hijinks son. came in handy when Carol Kane goes into labor fucking terrible son throughout the whole I'll movie just ahead. don't don't put any trust in this decrepit wretch of a human being are these your <laughs> are these your working titles or like what they these are, are mine these are mine we're banding about. His, oh okay, okay. travis wrote these down yeah carol kane <laughs> oh, is yeah, hilarious little, this movie dip, though little dipshit the movie carol kane was on a roll 1988 she did scrooge damn this movie she had a great year in 1988 she's hilarious in this film with the the whole pregnancy thing and wow. making Richard Masur get up Funny. all the high drinks. Is he going to open the, turn the light on in the garage? Oh, 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 oh. He doesn't Carol do Kane. it. And I'm telling uh, you, I got to jump in because if we're talking Carol Kane, man, we're talking about a, a hilarious comedian. I'm telling you, man, and I've said it on previous episodes, check out when a stranger calls and when a stranger calls back. Cause she's fucking fantastic. in both of those horror movies in a dramatic role. Robot! Robot! <laughs> She freaks out at the dinner table when that guy's beeping the horn. I love that. That just makes me, that always makes me laugh. That's I found funny. myself liking the parents, especially. They're the best. Yeah. Even more than the kids in this movie. Oh, which Richard, really... Ma- Richard Messer and Carol Kane are hilarious in this movie. His, <laughs> when he's walking home loud. with the diapers. Yeah, I'll like, laugh out yeah. No, I'm never again, Les. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. And I, and like, I've never seen him this funny. I'm like, am yeah. I 11 because, like, I'm probably even older than fucking Richard Mazur right now? Or am I, like, so pissed at these little shits that I'm laughing at their <laughs> situation? It's so weird being he 41. Is, he is, like, quintessential 80s dad in this movie. He's 80s like, dad. Give him a call, uh, man. He's given, like, may, like run, given the run for the money for, like, one of the best 80s dads I think I've seen. I think Thank you. His, that I makes that's validation. his best dad. Doesn't do shit in Encino, man. Uh, Mr. Boogity, just like, you know, he's there. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. it <laughs> this I is, mean, come on. Uh, that makes me happy. He, 
because he's one of the best parts. He is the best part of the movie to me. He's so good in this yeah. movie. Yeah. And he's given, he really hams it up and it works right. for that part of the movie. The, yeah, you can't blame any of the bullshit of the movie on Richard Messer. It's not no, his you fault. Can't. It should have been from his perspective. Like, what do you do if you have a, little, if you have a kid who's a fucking asshole? Again, we're in our 40s, so obviously, I mean, the, the character I identified with the most was James Avery. You know, the, the, yes, <laughs> Uncle <laughs> Phil. Where he's like, I cherish my coffee. I'm like, yeah, when this is a terrible idea to, to do it like this. And also, you maybe shouldn't pass someone when they almost kill a woman right in front of you. But his <laughs> The general, cup right? is empty. Yeah, his general vibe, though, I really felt that. Yeah, I was just going to mention him. He's great in his little role there as the Fantastic. driver instructor with Les. Yeah. And uh, also that woman, the, that's you know, I always quoted that too. The redheaded woman who plays that psycho bitch kind of character at the DMV. I don't know who she is, but, you know, she is so terrifying when I was a kid. I used to be so freaked out from her. Do not fuck with the Department of Motor Vehicles, Mr. Well, Anderson. That's another one of those things because... That is again in the, this first la, hour. La, la, la. I, yeah, I know she's watching Vertigo upstairs. But <laughs> oh, it's in this first hour, and it's before this like jaunt or this adventure or whatever that happens. It's just it's not entertaining. But when when you have like when you focus on like the adults' reaction to these dumb kids, that's where the script shines for me. And the and the film is much more entertaining. But halfway through, it goes off the fucking rails. Well. You got some teenage kids here, right? So you got Corey Feldman and you got the two Corys and then uh, the other bozo sidekick who's taking pictures and he's a total nerd. Nobody, you know, he's Charlie. not cool at all. Yeah, Charlie. thank you. Yes. Charlie, yeah, he's not cool. And they try to make, they try to show how uncool they are when they go to these certain spots. The What's the place called? I can't believe I forgot the name Archie's of the place. Archie's Atomic they, something or other. Archie's, come back! Yeah, yeah Corey Archie's. Feldman's just devastated. Um, but then like, yeah, I guess like once he steals the car for the night and they get out of control uh, and Heather, you know, Mercedes gets drunk and she breaks up with her way too old boyfriend, by the way, if she's supposed to be in high Ciao, school. Which, yeah, <laughs> very that's weird. Like 40. <laughs> yeah, he seriously. Yeah, the guy's at least in his 30s. Uh, that's What's obviously the thing with, like the gearheads, like the antagonists that are with him. It's like those aren't like in the, the those aren't kids. Like what? What is this? I don't know. man. I mean, like. It's a fantasy still, despite it not being like sticking to the fantasy that we kind of want it to be how it starts off. Like it, it is still a fantasy. Um, you know, I part of me was like this fucking drunk guy that steals the car. Like, oh. I don't care how drunk you are. You don't think you're in a fucking plane. Like, uh. it's just stupid. But like, you know, like it's it's for the purposes of the comedy. It's for the purposes of the story. It, we're, we're supposed to take it as serious. I mean, this movie we should take as seriously as caddyshack or fucking freddy got fingered or something this is not like a exactly movie I, what about yeah. george clooney's writing partner his pal grant, grant hasloff oh is that him <laughs> that is him yeah he's uh playing the revolutionary there's a whole communist oh, like left wing uh, thing dude, going on yeah the, rat, the rats called cosplay guy what is this <laughs> subplot what is this subplot with the sister and this socialism? What does I don't the know, line man. here? What, what, what is the line here? I wrote it down. Who cares what your commie boyfriend thinks? I see. What? I say it's great to be an American. <laughs> what? Are you, what? Dude? Are you that is so 1988. <laughs> I, I would say that's, uh, I mean, that's like 1945. I guess. Well, that's what Reaganism <laughs> was. Reaganism was going yeah. back to the 40s yeah. and 50s. Yeah. Yeah. Russians yeah. are evil. Oh, it was nuts, man. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that whole side plot is funny to me. Like it's the fact bizarre. that they put it in the movie, I don't know what they were trying to accomplish by showing because she could just have a boyfriend. His sister, Les's sister, goes out with her boyfriend and they 
go on an excursion. But the fact that they get caught up in like the protest that happens later on, that's the only reason I assume it's in there. And it's dropped. I mean, like so many other things in this film are just dropped. The first thing that's dropped is the fact that Less, he doesn't even get his license in the long run. We got no fun montage about his friends helping him out to actually achieve his goal. Dude is driving around without a license, open intox for like half the movie with a woman in the trunk of his car, including maybe bring his sister back to like you know reinvigorate or help out that relationship between brother and sister. No, there's just this character is so dumb. It's like there's no arc for the character. Like he doesn't learn anything. He just gets away with all this shit. Add another twenty minutes. Get the sister of the dad. Like, let's bring everybody back. Feldman, like, team up and, like, get this kid his actual license so we can all be like, hey, we got it. It's, it's fun. Do we need another 20 minutes of this movie? That- if you write it well, <laughs> if, you don't, if, you don't, if you don't film a first draft, yeah. I, th- I think that it, I think those things could have been managed without, without adding all the time in because I think there's some things that could have been tweaked. A little. Yeah, like the oh. entire second half, man. You're gonna go to art. Like, what the fuck is Archie's? Like, like, yeah. Have, hey, that's totally realistic. Kids. That you is have, realistic. You want to be cool? And, and come on, where where we came from, the kids would fucking go to the Meyer parking lot and that's just park their cars. And and that's one of the things I really enjoyed about this movie. There's a lot oh. of nostalgic things. Like when he rolls the car out of the out of the garage, he he carefully puts the, the garage yes. door up without without the thing making the noise. And then he fucking rolls the car out and reverse. that's realistic. And, and yeah, yeah, that's totally realistic. That. Um, for, I, mean, I remember doing that. And there's and remember those <laughs> fucking uh, remember those while you were out post uh, those slips those like those um like those call slip things. Yeah. Like, your family had a pack of them, but like you never actually used them because those were fancy. So you'd write, actually write your messages on other scraps of paper. There's a lot of things like that, like throughout the movie. Uh, the intercoms in, in uh, like for yeah. people had, like my uncle had, like yeah. ooh, house intercoms. intercoms. I remember those? They became more common in suburban households, like in the early '90s. Maybe this yeah. was a little early for that, but yeah, yeah. That okay, was, I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because. Like oh. one of the big moments for Corey Feldman, and there's not many. There's not nearly enough. He always he plays gets, second fiddle. It pisses me off. Is when he gets on the intercom and it's just like, "Hey, you're ugly, bitch!" Like burp. Like this is what this is what you're gonna film. Like the script is not that good, and Corey Feldman is not in it nearly he, enough. This he, isn't even a team. He's a master at body work. I mean, you gotta give him credit for that. The man gets underneath that hood and just lickety split. Amazing. Yeah, I don't know Incredible. how he did that. They were I back in Corey business. Feldman. Dude, I love Corey Feldman. He'll see, if he, Corey Feldman, if I hear him say anything, I'll just start laughing. But they don't really give him any funny lines or anything much to do in this, in my opinion. Yeah, that's not fair to him. He's got some funny lines. Name I'm, one line. Name one. Ah, oh, damn it. Okay. You're not coming to mind uh, right now. I, I, I do okay. think that there is, I mean, there is something, it's not a specific line, but there is a belief that he has throughout the movie that I find. <laughs> interesting and funny and, that, and that's yes. that, that, that having a license gives you is like this portal to the life that you want to live it's automatic total autonomy and i was just talking about being without a license for five well i had a license but i didn't drive for five years while i was in philly but of course i'm a grown man and really what they what they want is access to adulthood and that's what the movie is ultimately about and it's and it's fun watching him like put way too much stock in this thing. And, and it also reminds me a lot of our dearly departed friend, Ryan Liberty and how he was the first in our group <laughs> to, to get an automobile and yep. how we all glommed the Beamer. fuck onto him. Like, dude, good thing you got a van. Cause you're driving us. Everywhere. <laughs> yeah. You can fit like 10 people in this fucking thing. The and Beamer. I don't know how it's a, it's so weird that he ended up dying by himself because we all should have died in that thing. 
with the psycho shit that was going. I mean, how did he pull it off? How was he? This thing's huge. We're talking a Dodge Ram van, not a truck, with like the biggest fucking thing you could think of. And yeah. we're all screaming back there. And we're just, 16 years old. Just it's like just... a zoo on crack in his backseat. <laughs> <laughs> I can only. I only wish that maybe just for that that there were cell phones because I would have liked. I just like to see what it looks like and sounds like. I don't even want to see what it looks like. I just want to sound. I wonder what words were coming out of people's mouths at those time and. Everyone ripped on him, too. And that's what it reminds me of. Les is like this. He is that. That's a really great call, Travis. That's I guess maybe that's what I like about the movie, too, is he's the guy who can give these people the freedom they want. They don't have it yet. And whether Corey Feldman's hilarious or not in this movie, he does a great job with the performance because I he's just, the instigator. He wants, He makes everything that. happen. I just wish he was in it more. Like, I, I, I wish he was in the car with him at the end so he could be like, like, hey, oh, oh, turn right or left. He, he just kind of, he's out. And there's still like 20 minutes to go in the, in the movie. I just well, I, she's in a little more. I think that's why, again, why I think I always preferred uh, Dream a Little Dream, if I did see this. Because I'm serious, man. He, it's, he's always playing second to Corey Haim in, in most of the features that they do together. And I always I always, uh -huh. always, I always prefer, preferred uh, Feldman to Haim. I like him okay, both. Okay, there it I'm is. Feldman, man. What can I say? There it is. I fucking love Corey Feldman. And like I said before, he'll, see, he'll say like, the, the weather report. And I'll just start laughing because his voice is so funny. I don't, I've never understood the quality of Corey Haim. I'm watching this with my wife and she's like, well, he's cute. And I like, think he's a better actor. Cool. Like people like him being cute. And he's a better actor cool. than Corey Feldman by far, actually. I think he's, I think he's like what a is, significantly what, better actor. What's the draw? I, I, like Corey, I like Corey Feldman's whatever, his fucking Come on. His, he's, his vibe. He's, yeah, he's got the, he's got the little heck. <laughs> You know, he just got that uh, presence about him at an age that fits perfectly into this realm. And the way he looks at things, like he's so optimistic, which ended up not being how his life went. But oh, it's tragic. Yeah, 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 it's tragic. really tragic. In fact, uh, yeah, I guess it's worth mentioning that the whole documentary that Corey Feldman made about being exploited by the Hollywood system was based around this movie. Also, this was one of the productions. Oh, OK. No, it was uh, the Lost Boys and this one, at least the 87 when they and, were being produced. I, so. I know that the Charlie Sheen accusation came. Uh, from, uh, oh yeah, that's Lucas. that's another Lucas. thing too. And you know, this is all. I don't. I mean, it's a lot of like, who knows? Frankly, yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure it sucked. I know we know we do know there's scumbags in the system who have Absolutely. preyed on youngsters. So it's not like it doesn't happen. But I just want to mention it for the record in case someone's like, how could you not mention that? Yeah, whatever. The, whatever the case, uh, two two sweet men who didn't seem like they were done very well by the Hollywood system uh but yeah you know, Corey Haim is dead they, because of it i think frankly yeah but they they do leave a a, a wealth of films some better than others yeah. <laughs> they're, they're bozo they're bozo 80s teenagers so the movies they're gonna do i mean you know they can't all be stand by me right mm -hmm. so yeah you're right this movie <laughs> is supposed to be goofy and stupid and yes heather graham's character mercedes is definitely it looks really bad now it, it i don't know I mean, we we. But it's eighty-eight. In the late, honestly, I mean, I'm not, it's giving, I'm not excusing that. I'm not excusing it by any stretch. But go, I know go you're ahead. not. You're, you're going to make the, but, the argument. I'm going to make. So go ahead. But yeah, even in the late '90s, American Pie and all these other movies exactly. were still pushing shit still like that. this. So it's not like it just died. This was still very, very much of the culture, and we have to at least have the context understood of how movies were made and what was acceptable, at least in like mainstream culture at the time. I know it's not cool in any context now, but. But at the same time, like, it, it, like I mean, yeah, like on one hand, like we can't, we, I think we should point it out and obviously not condone it. But at the same time, like I'm not going to stop watching uh, 16 Candles 
for instance. There is some fucked up shit in the movie Sixteen Candles, <laughs> yeah. for instance. And but like you know, there's like yeah, it's like, eh. and if you got the nostalgia for it, you can kind of make these excuses, I guess. And maybe that's not okay. Maybe you should just shut down everything in your life that has any negative yeah. energy around it or whatever. But uh, uh, yeah, that's a personal choice, I guess. <sighs> the Saving Silverman I just mentioned that was made two thousand one, and that was ridiculous things in that. So it was only recently that things have really teen comedies have changed. In fact, comedies in general, this movie would not get made today, frankly. Oh, okay. Uh, so I'm going to stop you right there and tell you that, of course, they're remaking this with two female leads. Oh! This is the drive reboot. Do you think they'll have a drunk guy in a car and throw him in the trunk? They're going to do face? everything they can to make the male stupid, which is what they do nowadays. But I'm just saying, uh, what? I, I mean, times have changed. <laughs> is that a thing? I don't know, I didn't I know, don't know if they make the male stupid. I mean, like in the Ghostbusters when they did that with... Um, Hemsworth. With, with, yeah, with that. With, but I mean, generally speaking, I mean, I don't know, like to, to like when it comes to women playing male characters in remakes, like I don't know, they're fifty one percent of the population. Man, it makes sense for them to occasionally <laughs> to play one well, of these. Yeah, they're doing the she's all that remake too. That just came exactly. out on Netflix, like right? And and I saw he's all that. But why remake? You watched it? it? Why, yeah, yeah. I, yeah I, don't, I, I don't see the value in remaking this. There's not. There's not a very. Um, there's not like some sort of timeless story or like deep message to pull from it or even particularly unique circumstances. I've, I found a lot of this movie really trying to be Ferris Bueller's day off, frankly. I was thinking about that character Ooh. the entire time I'm watching this because Ferris Bueller offers something to... He, offer, you know, he offers his own personal opinions and something to his friends, whereas Les just like he skirts through all of these circumstances and gets out scotch-free. There's no consequences. He's just like, oh, you're fine now. The dad hugs him and like, we're all good. Like, what kind of message is this for teenagers? <laughs> well, there was a lot of fucked up messaging in the 80s as part of our point, right? <laughs> exactly. He saved the day, though, and he deserves credit for that. In one night, he learned to drive backwards through the town with his pregnant mother in the car. Is that incredible? Okay, he only saved the day because he ruined it. Like, right, it was. <laughs> it wouldn't go and drive. Yeah, and also like the utter fucking absurdity of of the dad being like, yeah, okay, I, I guess my son has to drive backwards without his license on his second day ever driving, uh, because I can't leave my wife alone in the back seat. Can't, she won't can't let do, him go. No, I can't do go. that. Like that's just like what? No, that's not. I mean, like the most convenient thing in this movie, or inconvenient thing, depending. I don't know. Like when he he like he he fails his. Uh, driver's exam right the, like, you would fail 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 back when yep, people yep, would believe yep. that like hitting one computer could shut down a whole network. yeah hit a monitor all the computers <laughs> go off for some reason because clearly the filmmakers wanted to have the scene where he does the drive like the you know the driving test so he passes that and then it's like no actually you failed it's like <laughs> okay <laughs> actually that's where Haim does some of his best acting is in the scene when he's taking the test he starts off he gets like the first question right? he's like ah, alright cool yeah, and then things just go. get progressively worse for him and he's like starts to freak out and he yeah, does he yeah. sells that well he's good there it's funny that's why I dig these like in the 80s like the kids were they, they just wanted to have fun and they, they, yeah they're obnoxious and and all that but like they had these simple desires get popular have a car get out like a hot girlfriend or hot boyfriend and I don't want to be the old man, but like nowadays, they're just these crass, like obnoxious, foul mouth little shits. I, I don't know. 
Are you telling us to get off your lawn? What's even happening? Yeah, right what, now? I, what is your, yeah I, I don't even know. What, <laughs> you didn't even reference anything in particular. That was kind of strange. <laughs> what was, I'm not sure. I didn't Freaky. Follow. I just watched Freaky. All the teenagers in that, like, they were just like a bunch of little shitheads being crass and fucking obnoxious. There was no goal. <laughs> They just mean, were, you, you, were you annoying. Say, you could say the same about Mean Girls, and then you could say the same about American Pie, and then you could say the same about Animal House. I mean, you could say that about like this genre of films. But the writing like, was better back in the day. Like, well, sure, I'm not necessarily comparing it to those movies. I'm just saying that like they're in that same kind of wheelhouse where it's like comedies again. Like, there's something that happens like when you sit down with a pen and paper to like you know think. <laughs> carefully about a film and paper watching. with license to drive i'm gonna right. speak this film <laughs> <laughs> yeah this one i i almost made the regular amount of notes to it somehow i don't know how oh wow Damn. nice almost. job what else you got on that page um i don't know i i oh i i got a note here about the blues brothers car i do feel like this film uh the the, the car in this film enters into like that pantheon for, for like the cars that go through what are hell in movies like uh the car in blues brothers for instance um there were some others that were on my mind last night, but I can't think of now. But it's like a running thing in, in movies where like this car, the dude's car, for instance, or the car in planes, trains, and automobiles, where like the car starts off good and it gets ridden into the fucking ground. I got a note. What what was the hottest ticket in town back in like our day? I, I, I was sheltered. I couldn't go anywhere. The only thing I went to was Greg Halstead's giant party. But like, was was like what was the Archies of like Heartland? Like, was it like Walden Woods, uh, uh, Rogers Rack? Like, where some people, yeah, Rogers. That's a huge one, definitely. That really was Rogers Rack, Rogers uh, Rack the Sunoco gas station on Clyde Road. <laughs> big, big Boy, there's a lot of late nights at Big Boy. Big Boy, that's a classic. Yep. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. Just yeah. that general parking lot with the McDonald's connected to the food town and all the Harlan Pizza over there. Who am I fucking kidding? We are hillbillies. We would just start a fire in the middle of a field somewhere and bring a keg. Yeah, oh, that man. could happen too. Yeah, man, absolutely. Right. Just, just pull a lot of cornfields. Right, just throw the car door open and like turn the stereo up and start. Yeah, Greg Mulder's party after eighth grade. I remember that. Yeah, we just went out in the middle of a field and that's what it was. The giant fucking flaming dick. Oh my god, I can't believe I remember that. That's so funny. Yeah, Anyways, uh, all of us know what the fuck. You're Greg Mulder. About. Greg Mulder's dead oh, too, by the way. Yeah, Tribute. Rest Greg Mulder, rest in power, my friend. You were a good man. Cheers, Greg. That sucks. Their that, yeah. their friend, I thought was a little underwritten, but like, I mean, that's a small thing. Uh, Who, Charles? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's just a nerd. There, he's got a camera, and that's nerd why. Friend. If only he didn't be a, if he wasn't a photographer with the camera, then the picture thing would never happen. It's unfortunate. But that's what, you know, teenagers are, you know, they're sick fucks too. I don't know. It's not a realm of possibility that it would happen. It's just the fact that they decided to write it and put it in the movie. It's unfortunate. I just don't know what to tell you, man. I mean, this is so dated. 10,000 people a year die of drunk driving, and we're going to spend 20 minutes on this guy. Yeah, what about we're the old man, to, the great drunk driver? At him. We're supposed to yeah. be laughing at him. while He's singing the Frank Sinatra and the caddy. He's uh, having the time uh, of his life, man. I got up this morning and got to work, and, uh, and, and my students, my, my first hour, were talking about how they had ignored, how, how, how much they had ignored their driver's instructor. Uh, the day before and how they're you know <laughs> due to take and like how one of them had just taken an, a, a, like the a, the test and like they didn't Wait, it, was a, it was a sham like they, like the, the person was like fed them the answers it was all completely like contrived and i'm like this is i am every day terrified to be on the road okay I, really <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand this about what you're saying and this film like i failed every single class i, I don't know how the fuck i graduated high school but driver's ed I wanted to drive so bad that I studied every night. I, I could tell you all five points of dismissism right now. So I don't get why Les didn't pass this test, even though he's a fucking excellent driver. 
based on that parallel parking. Like, I, I don't I don't get this. Like, how can you not know just, like, what to do on the road? He's not a good driver. He's a terrible driver. What are you talking about? Dude, he, 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 he not one drop of that coffee was spilled. Like He got, he got by the road test, test but he incredible. failed the written part. He it's just he wasn't paying attention. He's good at the mechanics of it, but he's terrible at the choices that he makes. Exactly. Yeah. Accelerate when you get to a puddle, dude. Come on. <laughs> yeah. By the way, the best driving instructor scene of all time in any movie is in Don't Be a Menace to South Central. Park right here. <laughs> he goes in and robs the bank, comes up, drive, <laughs> motherfucker, drive. It's yeah, so funny. It's never... <laughs> clueless up against that any day, bro. Oh, that's a good one, too. Yeah, Clueless is a. Although Clueless, you know, it's about rich. Well, oh, we're not even going to go there. Well, oh, maybe shit. we'll do that movie sometime. Too many white people? No, well, uh, well, it's a rich area. Anyways, License to Drive is a goofy and silly movie. It's supposed to be goofy and silly, but there's, you know, Rich and Mr. It makes me laugh, so I give him full credit. And, you know, Nina Sizemesco, how do we say that last name? That's Casey's yeah. brother, right? Is that who's sister? Is that Casey's that sister. Who she yeah, it's Casey Sizemesco's uh, sister, or I yeah. believe it could be his cousin, actually. I'm not positive. I think it's his sister. I um, believe it is. What did she play in the movies? Is that is she's she Natalie? Haim? She played Corey Haim's sister. I didn't recognize her that young. I know, right? Yeah, she looks. Well, she's younger and she has dark hair. And you know, you've seen her. For those of you, you've probably seen her in Airheads, uh, Suicide Kings, Suicide. I was just gonna say, yeah, the Suicide Stand, Kings. the original TV show, The Stand. She was in that. Oh, she played yeah. uh, like the Randall Flags lover. But she's or got. <laughs> they they dress the part. It's so funny that like you can't be left thinking socialist type people. You have to look the part too with the. Like the goatee and the dumb hat and all that. Dude, I mean, he's like, it's fucking Lennon just walking up. Hey, I, I'm, <laughs> my name is V.I. Lennon. Hi, I oh am Lennon. God. I'm here to I'm here to judge you and your class system. <laughs> yeah, we're the greedy. We're in the height of 80s Wall Street greed. Wall Street, the movie wow. had just come out the year before. And like, then you got to I want to know what the conversations were like in the costuming and design and department. Like, all right, so. These are left thinking. They're socialists. They're commies. How should we make them look? Nineteenth century well, peasant. Nineteenth be... century peasant. Obviously, nineteenth yeah. century East European peasant. Yeah, hovel <laughs> like it's <laughs> the fiddler on the roof. Let's go back and have oh, them look shit. like that. So. Uh, and I like that what they were protesting was like they were protesting like uh, something to do with atomic energy or yep. something. What was? It? Was it? I don't think it was nuclear weapons. I think it was nuclear energy, which is like that's not quite the lefty <laughs> cause it used to be. Not really. Another no. year in the Cold Even... War. They were still pissed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we already had glass nose. Come on. What do you mean? <laughs> you guys want to talk perestroika? <laughs> <laughs> now nah, we're good. Okay. Uh, yeah. uh, all right. What else? Anything else? I mean, clearly this movie is a bozo fest. Uh, anything else to make you laugh? Anything else that was funny? Uh, I, 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 I'm going to be honest. I, I laugh for that. Like, I'm laughing out loud in that first hour. But as the legendary Roger Ebert said, it just it got too conventional and typical and cliche for me in the in the second part which sucks how about when the cop sees a trunk like a woman in the trunk of a car and it's like oh you're lucky i'm busy that's another thing you <laughs> think, lucky I'm busy. These, these conceits where you you introduce like what are they going to do if the cops uh pull them over uh just have like something super easy to happen so they just get away from it like it's it's lazily written 
Like, no, what about no, the tow truck is. driver? The tow truck driver has a great line about uh, and no, like uh, some sixty pound sack of shit like you is gonna stop. Eighty bucks, eighty bucks. There's a few good lines. The um, the, I, I've run into her a million times. She's never run into me once. That's a pretty good line. There's yeah, a few, there's a few good lines in the film, but there's a I couple do, gems in there. There's a couple gems. I do agree. Agree that overall, this this kind of feels like. Hey Hollywood, it's right in the weekend. Like we're fucking high yeah. as shit. Like I, I, it comes across <laughs> like very like and the score thrown together. Like, you got Billy Ocean, get out of my dreams, into my car. But like I could they, like where are all the like they should have been better songs in this. This was a huge what? production. This is a perfect song for the movie. It's filled with crooners, man. It's a bunch of Frank Sinatra. What are you talking about? I, oh, that, that was a nice on, surprise. I needed bigger hits, man. You give me like Robert Palmer or something, something else. We got one Billy Robert Ocean hit. You, I wanted some Robert Palmer. I'm right, just fucking right, nitpicking. Like Robert Palmer. Look, yeah. I, I'm I'm sorry, Randall Poster, but like you know, I want you know. ten <laughs> hits. I want ten hits. I want a good soundtrack. You got the money. Uh, <laughs> they wanted to use the Beatles. Uh, you know, beep 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 beep. Yeah, uh, they didn't get that. Hey, one. Did you guys notice that there's some sexual connotations to that song? No, not at all. <laughs> no. No, I uh, yeah, I I wrote that note down because like I've heard that song by the Beatles a million times and never really thought about how sexual it was until I heard that version where it's just like, oh, he's really, oh, you can drive, you can drive my car, car. car. nudge nudge. Uh, I mean, you've written a lot of songs in your life. I assumed you would have picked up on that rather quickly. I'm a I'm a dullard. I don't know if you knew this about me. (laughs) Uh, whatever, whatever, either, whatever, whatever yeah. uh, insightful analyses I stumbled across on this show, I promise they're flashes in the. It didn't really mean about, He didn't really mean drive my car. <laughs> I always oh. took that that song very literally. Like here, here are the keys to my car. You can drive it. Beep, 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 so, beep. so yeah. Les actually gets a Mercedes at the end of this movie too. So it just keeps getting better for him. He gets the woman <laughs> and an actual Mercedes because she has a Mercedes. So it's all he winner. Doesn't have his license. This is my biggest problem. Give me a <laughs> Save the day. Help him actually complete his arc and get his license the right way. <laughs> Could you imagine if your grandfather showed up? Or you, you know, or a close family member, they let the car for like the weekend and they'll be back. And you just say, Hey, fuck it, man. <laughs> you know, could you met? And then the fact that he has to wreck their car, like it's just so that's stupid. True. Come on. What, what what? That's really dumb. Do? What would your grandpa do? Mine would just be like wanting like some quicker oats and a nap. Oh, God. He'd be yeah, angry. He'd be do? pissed. Oh, my like, he took his been, cars very seriously. He would have been pissed. would have been so ashamed. It just would have been shame and silence. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, shame and silence. Okay, my grandpa's <laughs> like, uh, this is a lease. I'm fucked. So he, yeah, oh. it's like you lease a car every year when you turn seventy five for uh, some yeah, reason. It's just something you do. So we just right, lie to not, him. You're not planning on living for years. very long, so you're not. Gonna, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. a yeah, lease makes a lot of sense plan. at seventy five. Yeah. Smart plan. That's, that's great financial planning. I'm gonna make a note to myself. Start no. leasing cars at seventy five. <laughs> yeah, got it. Please do. Yeah, I'm glad I could help. Well. Well, uh, <laughs> I guess there's only so much you can do with this. Yeah, let's fucking end it. I, I feel like yeah. we rang this towel awfully dry. Um, the good. Let's call it. Let's I call mean, it a day then. I mean, considering. Uh, okay, you know, it's fun. What, what, what would the two Corys be making movies nowadays? Like as like forty-eight-year-old men? Like, does this team last? No, no teen sensation we, thing we ever lasts. didn't last. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, they turned to reality television. What do you mean? Corey Feldman's still alive. Is he? You know. He's not doing shit. He if did he made a movie, I would watch it, man. I, I love Corey. Did I'd you watch, watch it too. Boys 3 and no, 2? The, the third? No, I did not. Yes. No. I watched both of those. Did things. you really? 
Yeah, I watched them both. And they're terrible, right? Are they terrible? I've still never seen Lost Boys all the way through. I never watched it fully. So. Well, I still believe that you'll watch it someday. I will. No, I'm interested in watching it. Jason Patrick's in it. I know that. Oh. I love Jason Patrick. So. It's a great yeah. film. And, you know, I was really pissed when Corey Feldman was removed from the Donatello role. That really ruined it for me yeah. in the second Ninja Turtles because oh, he was perfect. Was I was like, oh, my no God, it's Corey Feldman. Pork rinds. Yeah. Pork, pork rinds. Rinds. They took pork, pork rinds. rinds out. What the fuck? Fucking yeah, bum me out. Yeah, I mean, that they brought Vanilla Ice in. They took out Corey Feldman. Bad call. I actually showed my uh, students in another class today a picture of what? Vanilla Ice, which, because uh, <laughs> we were talking about desecrating the American flag, and I showed them a picture of Vanilla Ice. Like, this whole American flag get up. They That's had no so idea weird. who he was. But we, they had, we, yeah, they had no idea who he was, of course, but I was very amused myself. They had no we idea who Vanilla Ice was. They're hmm. fucking 15, 13 years old. They have no fucking idea of Vanilla Ice. Why, why would they? Did you I'm just trying to think about when I was 15 years old, if I would know who... I guess I didn't know who Leaf Garrett was until I saw him on Behind the Music a few years later. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, ask okay, the students funny. that tomorrow, Travis. Who the fuck is Leaf Garrett? <laughs> Give me a, a five hundred word essay. <laughs> You've got the weekend to, to write me an essay. There's a great Behind the Music if you can find it, where he the, forgives the guy that he got that. the car accident Super with. Super powerful. Yeah, way better yeah. than this movie. So Ooh. who's uh, who's going who's going first, Eric? I think you should go first this time, clear. Travis. Go ahead, oh Travis. me? I feel like I was I was the I felt I felt like I was the wild card, but all right. <laughs> Oh, you're the wild card. That's fine. I just thought you hadn't gone first in a while. I, I have care. not gone first in a while. That's true. But uh, uh, that's all right. I'll go ahead and get going. Because uh, I think we all know where everyone else is going to stand. Um, I really strongly feel like having lacked the nostalgia factor for, for this movie, like I was missing out. Uh, like it, it's just without the nostalgia factor, I, I it's it's hard to forgive the foibles. There is a lot here. Um like I said earlier, like it does, it did make me nostalgic. I mean, it's the fucking Feldman and Haim team up we got here. Um, I, I mentioned all the little fun, other extra things. Like it's a, it's a, there is a lot of nostalgia here, but not a lot for me personally to draw on. So like, uh, and but on the other hand, I'm happy that I watched. Finally, I would have watched it sooner had I realized that I hadn't seen it. Um, you know, something that is considered a classic or a cult classic to a lot of people. So I'm glad it's under my belt. But that all being said. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say that this holds up like as a good movie in 2021. Uh, if, if you've never seen it before, I wouldn't say, hey, you should stop what you're doing and, and watch this movie. If you if you did grow up with it, though, I can totally see the charm. I can totally see the appeal. And I and I wish you all the happiest, best yeah. enjoying this this film. It, it certainly has value. Um, also, I would have gotten her the fuck off the hood of that car way sooner. Way, way sooner. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing? Uh Right, I would have held back with those. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. He's already yeah. To like within moments. He's ready to be like, oh, fuck it. She's like trying to kiss him. And he's like, uh, I, I got other shit to do now. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. Uh, yeah. So enjoyable enough. But I wouldn't say that I loved it or anything. So. OK. Uh, me or you? I'll go. Go. I'll Mark. go. Uh License to drive has, for me <laughs> is just a part of my existence. And oh, it's always going to be something that I'll be like, oh, this is fun. This is easy going. It's dumb and stupid. And I know that it is. So therefore, I enjoy the stupidity of it. And it also reminds me of like being, you know, a lot younger back then in the house and everything about the house. And, you know, I didn't have a family like that exactly. But, you know, I was around families like that and hung out at other people's houses that reminded me of that. And, you know, I guess in a personal way, it definitely has a personal touch for me that I enjoy. I think it's funny. I do. 
Uh, obviously, the Mercedes shit sucks. Yes, of course. It's bogus. It's totally uncool. Everyone would condemn it. No one would think it's cool today. We all agree with that. Uh, but this goes like to the the never-ending discussion about what gets put in movies, who decides what gets put in movies, and how we react as the audience in absorbing it. This, I mean, this movie was a success, I believe, at the box office enough that like it was like, okay, this wasn't a bomb for them, and they were able to make a little bit of money off of it. And you know, It's an innocent time. It's a teenager movie anyway, so not a lot of adults saw this movie. So they were probably not even aware of some of the shenanigans going on in this film, most likely. But as you age, you look at it, I look at it, and I consider, does it hold up or not? And, yeah, yeah we've covered this uh, again and again and again. It's fun for me, and it, it brings like me joy, and I'm always going to appreciate that. But I, if I take myself out of it, which I'm really trying to do more recently in particular, uh, I, I couldn't say that this movie holds up. I, I couldn't do it. It wouldn't be... <laughs> it, it wouldn't... It's just not right. If, if I put myself into it, I'm like, yeah, I love it. It holds up for me, and I don't care what anyone thinks. But if I take myself out and I look at it objectively, this is not a fooey that holds up by any means. Why do you choose to look at it objectively to set a curiosity? I'm wholeheartedly subjective about this. Yeah, you know, I just depend. I don't. It's just something I've been trying recently. Um, I don't know. It's not. It's not like a choice I can stick with necessarily. I don't. I'm not gonna die on this hill. I just. Uh, I don't know. For me, I love it. I just made that clear. I I love this movie. It's fun. And I'm always going to enjoy it. All right. But it doesn't hold up. Wow. Okay. Sitting here watching this movie, and I'm reminded a lot about, while I'm taking my my copious notes, <laughs> about a movie like Teen Wolf. Because a movie like Teen Wolf, I grew up on. And I've watched a million times. So to sit there and listen to someone be like, there's no way a fucking dude is gonna turn into a werewolf, and then just and they're just gonna keep the game going for a <laughs> fucking werewolf. Who's that's what we just did for an hour. Yeah. This is what we're doing. Yeah. Okay. And I'll fight for the the sanctity and brilliance and beauty of Teen Wolf to the day I die. <laughs> but we're at a crossroads here, man. What do I do? I can totally see people growing up with this and being like, being a kid. Getting your license is everything, man. When you're 16, it's the freedom. And this movie reminds me of just wanting that liberation from your family. And, like, who gives a fuck? Just deal with it the next morning. Your parents are going to be pissed, whatever. This movie does do that. If you're looking for that, uh, you know, if, if you're looking for that in a film. So... I give it credit, man. I absolutely give it credit for that first hour because that the the dream sequence when all these people are feel like slaves on a bus, they're trying to cut the change. I love it, man. I just wish they did more of that sort of thing, man. Put more fantasy sequences in. Put put stuff in there that just makes this all silly instead of just do the same old thing. So when I sit here and I say, does this movie hold up? Sadly, it doesn't because I wish they would have did a better job in the in, in the writing of it, man. Um, I, I, I laugh at a lot of the jokes, man. All the stuff in the DMV is laugh out loud funny, but but at a certain point they abandon it just for like kind of dumb stuff. So I can't I, I can't say it holds up, but I appreciate what they were trying to do at the time. And if like you said, Mike. Throw it on if you're doing if you're doing laundry or if you're just looking for something dumb that's in the 80s. But 
it could have been better. It could have been a hell of a lot better. But, you know, that's that. You can say that about a lot of movies. So. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I before guess. we move Painted on. about this one, though. <laughs> well, well put it in a lot of ways. But before we move on, I just want to ask you guys one thing. Have either of you ever had a... And I mean this seriously. Have you ever had a real bad experience at the DMV? Uh, long waits, yeah. Yeah, the occasional yeah. long wait. But, like, I wouldn't say that the people are any ruder to me than most of the checkout, like, clerks and stuff that I've dealt with at grocery stores in my life. I feel like the DMV, DMV's got a bad rap. I'm going to come out for, on behalf of the people that work at the Secretary of State and DMV and say, I salute you, fine people. You guys get a hard – get a, people give you a hard time in film. Like, it's an easy – you're an easy – uh, place to Mark. go for jokes yeah yeah but generally uh, speaking i've always had some pretty decent experiences or the wait very, times are the big problem but the, the people there are neutral yeah. yes yeah yeah the people seem to be not I terrible know. i, I, I was just know. there actually last week and uh the guy was very efficient uh, he didn't have much to say but he got the job done quite quickly so yeah well, Sorry, i'm man. just saying as far as the trope goes it's like yeah maybe there's not that much there you're not digging ditches don't don't be a dick i was just there guy was a total oh asshole. boy all right really it's, well, a two, it's a two to one situation. The Indiana's, you know, it could be tougher times in Indiana. Oh, yeah. I hear people are real dicks in Griffith, Indiana. Yeah. Yeah. That's not the first time I've heard that. Either. Everybody else uh, in Indiana, I hear very nice things about. Yeah. yeah nice area. All right. There we did it. The license the drives in the can. Uh, hopefully you uh, enjoyed this show. <coughs> Whoa. Whoa. Oh, Next yeah. week, uh, uh, we're going to have our guest on. We would usually have our guest on the coming week, but we're going to move it to September 30th. That's right. Our Brian Seymour will be on. He's got asked us for a schedule concession, which we granted. So we're going to go back Ooh. to Travis here to start the next rotation. But then the week after that, we're going to have Brian Seymour on for his guest appearance. I hope that makes sense. So Travis, the floor is yours. Oh, and, then we'll, and then we'll be you two again, and then we'll have another guest, right? It's not like we're right. changing. The whole Correct. Thing. Okay. Should right, we well, I'm sorry, Travis. Go ahead. Should we address the listener's choice situation? Appreciate people have to be like nobody care. If someone cared, they would ask us about it. So oh. I think they're fine. <laughs> Honestly. Did someone say something on Facebook? I don't think they have. No one's asked for it. Um <laughs> it's exactly. making me anxious. If, if you <laughs> Eric with anxiety. Um uh -huh. Yeah, if you listeners want us to do listeners choice again, let us know. We will bring it back. We we just had a list of people to get through in terms of guest hosts that we wanted to get on so we've been fighting through that but we, we are going to bring back listeners choice at some point all right guys i've got options for you not in terms oh boy. Of, not in terms of year but hey the president has been set it's been happening more and more um do you want something light not quite as light as license to drive but something kind of <laughs> lighter but still with some stuff for analysis i think or something heavier i want light man i'm i i've been i i, I want light man Right. I want heavier. Car. I was just gonna really? say that. Yeah, that's. Oh yeah, I love it. It's gonna so. be a toss up, man. So it's mm. up to you, Travis. Well, it's I, a tie. I'm gonna go light then. I'm gonna go light. Sorry. Uh, um, I'm gonna take us back to a year I promised I would keep taking us to 2012. Oh and shit. To a director that we've actually not touched on yet. <sighs> We're gonna do Judd Apatow's. This is for. <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> yeah. Great. That's my choice, and I definitely I've only seen this film I think once maybe twice it's not something i particularly love but i feel like now that i am 40 it might be fun to uh take another look at it. 41 we're all 41 here now actually technically yeah that is yeah. accurate yes i thought yeah. that might be worth taking a look at yeah i've seen it a bunch 40. of times um, i like that i've movie, never so. seen the film all yeah, right well, great well there you go okay so, well that's what we're doing 
might be better than Knocked Up, actually. So it was supposed to be. There was some talk it would be a, re- a sequel to Knocked Up, but then they they kind of take it as it's, more of like a, a continuation. Loose. Yeah, it's like a loose sequel to Knocked Up. No Seth Rogen, of course. Which would make it our first sequel uh, that we've covered as well, actually, I think. We haven't done a sequel. I've, I've yeah, considered it a few times. but So a reimagining. Yeah, it's like so. a loose sequel. I wouldn't call it a full-on <laughs> sequel. All right. Well, Mike, you Yay! have things to do, I know. We better let you go. Um, everybody... We humbly thank you for your time. If you could maybe drop us a review on the oh, that'd be so Apple awesome. What have you? That'd be cool. That would be unbelievable. We do like emails for all the jokes that we don't like emails. We actually do like emails. You can email us at cinemanipod at protonmail.com. Uh, guys, any fun, clever quotes from the film License to Drive to wrap up with? I feel like there's probably a bunch, but son I of a bitch! Know. What in the hell is that? <laughs> That's mine. I like that one. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks everybody. Bye bye. <laughs>